Today's show is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Go to AdamandEve.com right now and you'll get 50% off just about any item. All you have to do is enter the code word GLORY, G-L-O-R-Y, at checkout. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago and beyond, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is episode 682. And we will be talking a little later in this episode to Mike Marshall. We had a great conversation yeah. with Mike Marshall. You know why we did? 15-minute cities. Every conversation with Mike Marshall true. is a great it's conversation. Very true. Very true. Yeah, yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Um, but before we talk to Mike Marshall, uh, we've got to talk about last week, we chit-chatted a little bit. Trump had been indicted. <laughs> He'd been indicted. And the indicted. next step is the step that followed. Trump has now been arrested. Did you watch any of that stuff? I saw it. No, I didn't watch it. Yeah. I saw pictures. I saw, I read articles. I didn't watch it. Yeah. Did you watch it? Did you I, watch I him get? I just watched. I So I watched the clips that were played on TV. Yeah. So really the clips are just him sort of just like pouting, sitting in the room full of a bunch of lawyers. Yeah, I saw he's not him saying anything. Yeah, he didn't say anything like his, yeah. anything at all. Not saying anything. So, so he's just, but he's he was arrested. But he sure is saying stuff on social media, though. He sure is, and it's 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 funny because um, at his arraignment, the judge that's overseeing the case admonished him ahead of time. He yeah. said, "Like, look," and she had a stack of like printouted. Printed out like true things and socializings and whatever. I printed out the internet. <laughs> I know, right? Like fucking Alex Thanks, Jones Alex. style, right? <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Were they spread across her whole desk? Like, I, like, I did my a... research of printing out this. Let me job. tell you something Ooh, about. Age. Let me tell you something about Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the internet says the frogs are gay. <laughs> so, but, the internet can't lie. It can't do it. But like, yeah, he, the, the 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 judge said, look. You've already pulled some crazy shit. <laughs> we, we all a, know. It. We have a we stack of shit that tells us you like, fucking like, already pulled some crazy shit. And basically said, like, don't do that. Yeah. Don't fucking do that. Don't Whatever incite you do, don't your, do that. Yeah. your followers to yeah. violence. Don't, you know, don't fucking incite. And what does he do? Trump immediately, yeah. immediately is like, immediately. all right, you know, I'm just going to quietly sit here like the fucking arrested douchebag asshole that he is. The yeah. fuck with Quiet piece of human trash. <laughs> I love so much. I love, I will say the pictures that I saw, nothing in the world makes me love. I can't love anything more than seeing Trump in a position where he has no power and authority. Oh, None. Yeah. It's None great. whatsoever. It's great. Where he is put in his fucking place, where he can't grandstand, where he can't talk over the top of somebody, where he can't fucking interrupt, where he has to sit there and actually be subject to authority, Cecil. This is a guy who has not, he has lived his whole life 
not subject to authority. Tom, I want to show you this picture of Trump. <laughs> this is my favorite shit. So that is people the at greatest. Home, people at home, I just called this up. I I searched oh my for God. I searched for Trump uh, image. What did I search for? I don't know. Trump uh, uh, artist rendering of this him is in court. Terrific. And, and the picture of Trump in this court. They like it's like when you go to a caricature, he looks like the fucking Grinch. Dude, he, he does. looks like the he fucking does. Grinch. Like he somebody does. walked in and was Christmas. like, someone was like, his heart is two sizes <laughs> too small, <laughs> and he looks like the fucking Grinch. They made his eyebrows crazy. They made him frowny. They made his hair goofy. They had this well, guy behind him goofy. with a giant neck. They got a whole. <laughs> this whole thing is yeah. the best. I will say. I don't know where you go to school to be a courtroom sketch artist. Yeah. But it is, it's, it is, it's like, it's its own medium. It, it does. It really is. It like does. anything else. You're right. It really is its own artist's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like its own style. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's, it, it looks, you see something like, oh, that's a, that's clearly a courtroom sketch. That's nothing else. That's yeah. nothing else. Yeah. I don't, I, part of me wonders about like the, you know, the, the grad student taking art classes and they're like, all right, I got to you know, do an installation at the fucking Met. And it's like, I got to pay the bills. I'm going to be a courtroom sketch Dude, artist. I would 100% go to a courtroom sketch gallery. Oh my just, God. I would go in a second. Are if you there, kidding me? If, seriously, if there's an if there's installation- there's a listener who knows of one, let me going. know. Because I'll go in we a second. Going. Here's the thing I kind of love What art, I think actually. is so funny about this entire thing though is- there, this doesn't need to exist. This is exists because when you go to places that are like federal court, you can't have a camera in right. there. So they have to have some dude who draws it. Yep. But you don't need this here. This is a guy I who's know. just caricaturizing Trump for fun. That's true. <laughs> I didn't think about that because we have video. You have and video. Yeah. You have frowny face video Holy of Trump. Holy shit, you're right. Someone just literally made this and you're like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. There's it some sketch so artist who's like, no, no, I will yeah. have my time. One, I will is, have my but moment. But this is one of the three that was permitted during the hearing. So they permitted three to be there. I love it. And they, uh, this is the best. Seriously, check out this Guardian article. We'll it's link so it. good, it's the guys. Best. It's so good. It's so fucking it's so good. good. So, and it's going to be on the next cover of the New Yorker. Yeah. I subscribe to the New Yorker. Frame it. I cannot, Frame I am. It. It's going to be, I'm bringing it to the studio. The worst, the very worst part of all this is when I was watching the coverage there's, you know, a lot of speculation on what's happening. And I can't break down the legal aspect of any of this. No, I, don't I don't know enough about any of this stuff. The, the broad strokes are, it basically becomes a felony because he lied to try to get in office. Like that's really yeah. kind of the broad strokes of this is that, you know, the reason why these are felonies, these lying, these sort of these misreporting fraud is that there's a reason is because he used it for a big reason, yeah. right? He used it for a big deal. Falsifying business records becomes a felony when the falsification of those business records is in service is a, of another crime. A, yeah, and 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 there, the, the difficult part for me to understand is, is that a crime? You know, because again, nobody's been tried for it before, so you don't right. know like what the crime is. The toughest part about all this is that you won't find anything out until December. I know, man. December, yeah. man. The wheels Dude, of justice what day is turn it? slow. What day? It's yeah. April. It's the yep. first week in April, yep. man. And and what sucks is there's now going to be eight months of opportunity for Trump to use this to like drum up support, yeah. to fundraise, yeah. to bilk his fund. He'll make millions. Trump will make 
millions and millions of dollars. Sure. He already has on this. He already yeah. had before he was even indicted. Yeah. He went to his followers immediately when he supposedly got wind of it. What was so funny is I read a, I read a story this week that said he was actually surprised when the indictment came down. He oh, I read a similar he story. He was yeah. surprised, yeah. which tells me he was literally capitalizing on that because he he was the one right. who announced it, right. right? He's the one who brought it to everybody's attention. So even That's in his true. mind, yeah. he didn't think it was going to happen. Yep. And he was the one who was surprised. So that means that you know he was grifting you. Yeah, he's you always You know been he was planning to grift you if that's the case and that's the story that comes out. Yeah, man. A-B-G. Yeah, always man. be grifting. <laughs> that's it, man. Always be grifting. It's orange coffee. Coffee is for grifters. Orange coffee. Man. It's really <laughs> gross. Really disgusting. Saw an image from, uh, from uh, Ann Coulter. Ann Coulter is very anti-Trump. Yeah, she hates Trump. And she's anti-Trump because she thinks he's a loser. Yeah. And one of the because of how she, often he loses. Well, and one of the things that she says, and I don't disagree, is that um, the, the the left is going to make it so Trump is the next nominee. They're going to do the best they can to try to make Trump the next nominee. And she thinks that that will lose them the next election for sure. Lose and the Republicans? Lose the Republicans oh, yeah, the next election. That, yeah. And so she is saying... You're being tricked by the Democrats if you, you know, keep supporting Trump. And that's her sort of her I don't her disagree message. with that at all. And yeah. I and and I think like, you know, yeah, of course you're being tricked. You're being tricked by Trump first off, but if anybody else is going to push him, you know, they did the same thing here. I don't know if you remember in Illinois, that fucking guy who was Bailey or whatever from downstate that fucking was it Bailey or the different guy? What's the guy's name? Bailey was your is Bailey your mayor or was Bailey the Bailey is our mayor of Aurora. Who's the other guy that he was he was running? I don't even know. He's just some know. random yeah. farmer. I know that, that right? weird dude from He's some down fucking south. random yeah. farmer that I don't even know. Our governor right. was running against him. I literally don't even know his name, yeah, right? Right, because he was never gonna win. And the reason why I don't know his name is because he was a super Trumper and he won the he won the primary. Yeah. And he won the primary, but mainly because, you know, there was they put a person in there to run against him who was like a moderate Republican. Yeah. And they were just like, no, man, that those days are gone. 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 And they then they had a, a, a like a literal crazy person running for for the governorship here in, in, in Illinois. Yeah. And they're like, no, he got his fucking face kicked in. Yeah. He I, lost so, so bad. bad. So, 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 yeah. so bad. I, I agree with that take from Coulter. I would rather in 24, I'd rather be running against. Trump than DeSantis. Yeah, I think so too. All day yeah, and so twice too. on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Trump is just a fucking mess. And like, you know, and one of the ways you know this is that Trump called on his supporters to come out in support. Oh, of him. I know. And nothing. Journalists outnumbered his supporters. Nothing. nothing. It's fucking crickets out yeah, there. It's nothing. It's you got a handful, like demographically speaking, you've got a handful of total fucking wackadoos who. Like he was right. He said, like, you know, when he said I could shoot somebody in the fucking center of Fifth Avenue, I wouldn't lose a single vote. He said it in 2015. Not true. But he there there is a handful of people that he could shoot somebody right now and he wouldn't lose their vote. No. There yeah. are people that are just they love him. They are they have they have uh, aligned. We talked about this last episode. They've aligned their personalities. Yeah to Trump. Right. And so they can't extricate themselves sure. from that because to do that requires too much unraveling yeah. and too much like yeah, so there's no going back. And that's kind of what we've talked about before that I think it's totally fine to be excited about a political candidate. 
I think it's totally fine to be like, I like what this person stands for. They seem like a good person. I am excited to try to get them into office, but I am not signing on to be their best friend. Yeah. These, this person does not become fucking family to yeah. me. Like, I don't have to like give blood and bone marrow to this. Friend. Like, I just, I want to hire them for this job. Yeah. They seem like they would do a good job. That's how we should think about it. It's the, um, do you remember when W was running? One of the mantras you heard all the time is like, seems like a good guy you'd want to have a beer with. And it's I like, you're that. never having a beer with him. I remember that. I he's remember not that. asking now. He's not out there being like, who'd like to have a beer with me? Raise your hand. And we'll have beers. I remember but that. People, people have this yeah. like weird, crazy parasocial relationship with Trump that only goes in one relation, one direction. Cause sure. that's how all those relationships go. He, here's the fucking news scoop. He despises you. Hates them. He fucking hates, hates all those people. Hates them. He only hangs out with them to get their vote. That's it. Yep. Like he doesn't fucking care about you. And, and he's proven time and time again, he doesn't care about most of the people because of the, the look at the policies he enacts. Yeah, absolutely. And you're like, okay, yeah. well, he clearly doesn't care about you because he wants to take away, right. he wants to give away, basically make you pay all your fair share and extra, and then give tons of ca tax cuts to rich people. To the ultra wealthy. Yeah, because that's the what he wants. Because that's what he is. Yeah, yeah. Those are his buddies. There's a story that you posted, um, and this was this is in line with what oh, you were saying. Um, this is uh, this is from the Independent, and it's Eric Trump roasted for hallucinating as he claims tens. And tens of thousands came out in support of his father. And the best line is tens of tens and they crossed out thousands. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's such a great, like this person, I'm going to put it up on the big screen here. So but good. It, it's just, it, Eric Trump had tweeted this and the person just put, he said, we got off the plane and you could see tens of tens and then and, and, and he crossed out of thousands. So it just says tens of tens of people. <laughs> and he's like, fixed it. And you're like, perfect. That's perfect. Because when you see the images, it's way more reporters than anybody else. I did see a Trump contingent out there, but again, you're in the middle of a city where there's tons of people that are anti-Trump. They Absolutely. hate him in New York. And there was huge a huge flag on the ground that just said, Trump always lies. <laughs> and like this person, like I tried to, the funniest shit I saw all week was this, this, this person comes out, sees the flag there. They're in Trump gear. They walk out to try to pull the flag away, Tom. Do you know where they tried to pull the flag away while they were standing up? <laughs> Dude, I and I was just like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Like, are you is, that stupid?" Yes, 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 you are. Yes, yes, you're that stupid. If you own a MAGA hat, yes, yeah. Seriously, if you yeah, own a man. MAGA hat, it's like you are a you are a fucking both legs, one hole underwear guy. <laughs> That's what you are. Yeah, absolutely. Like, why is this weird piece of fabric on the side? Why does this fit like a skirt? Because you're crazy. You're, yeah, because you you're an insane person. I fucking love it. Yeah. I saw, and I don't know if it's true, and I don't care. It just made me laugh this week. I saw images of people flying the uh, uh, <laughs> the Trump Brandon. flag. The, no, the, the let's go Brandon. The, 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 the let's go Brandon flag at half mast. Half mast, so good. Oh my Mwah. god! I Mwah. don't even know if it's so true. Good. So I, good. But also, like, I love it. I fucking Please love do it. it. Please do fly it. your fucking fly your flag, weird flag <laughs> at half mast and, and fly at half mast forever. Yes. From now, how on. wonderful oh, is that? Oh I god, love it so much. I love how up uh, like. You know, the, the other thing, and I saw uh, Rappaport did a video on this, and I thought it was great because he makes a good point that I've been thinking about, which is at the heart, like nobody is, the denials from the right are all about not whether or not he fucked Stormy Daniels and not whether or not he fucked Katie McDougal and not whether or not, 
it, they're not denying these things. No. Trump has denied yeah. them. But everybody on the right, they're not like, they're not saying like, these are dresses drummed up bullshit and it never really happened. Nobody's defending him on that. No. Nobody is defending him no. on the facts, right? No. What they're saying is like, yeah, it doesn't even matter. That's really the heart of what yeah. they're saying is like, well, <laughs> they shouldn't do, you shouldn't indict him because he's a president. Yeah. Uh, these are inconsequential finance things. And yeah. it's a, this is a uh, left-wing uh, hit job. Yeah. What they're not saying is, Trump didn't fuck a porn star and yeah. a Playboy model while he was married to Melania, while he while she was pregnant with their fucking son, and then try to like pat. They're not denying any of the like egregious ethical violations, yeah, at all, because they know well, it's true. They know he's a pig. One of the things that I saw and that has been gaining a lot of traction on the right too is if it can happen to him, it can happen to you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, if what? I sleep with a porn star and then pay her with campaign money and run for president and win and then they find that out and then they convict me, then yeah, I guess it could, could happen. happen. Yeah, right. But like the amount of things that have to fall into such a weird alternate Thank universe you. for that to be possible is, it's so, and it's the same thing. The, they, they somehow can tap into this party and make them feel vulnerable in that case. They make them feel vulnerable to these unfounded attacks yeah. that could happen to you. Look at what happens with taxes all the time. Uh -huh. Look at how yeah. they look at how they treat all these people who are like, well, when they start taxing, they're going to come for your money. And you're like, no, they're never going to come for your money. You make $20,000 a year. Yeah. No, they will give you money yeah. at the end of the year. Yeah, right, yeah. They will give you an earned income tax credit at the end of the year because <laughs> you are under the poverty line. Yep. Like, do you not understand they're not coming for your money? They're not coming for you. They are not trying to raise your taxes. Yeah. You're not on anyone's radar. No. Like, these guys, like, there is a contingent that he's tapped into that is so, you're absolutely, they're so convinced that there's a personal connection. The big government is this awful big giant thing, yeah. but also the big government is, is simultaneously this great big yeah. and this big scary. And, and, but also it knows you personally. It does. It knows you personally yeah. and it's going to knock on your door and they're going to show up and demand your guns yeah. and they're going to show up and demand your, you know, tax money or whatever. It's like, no, like you misunderstand how any of this works. You aren't important. Yeah. Nobody knows your name. Not Nobody important. cares. Nobody knows what guns you own. Yeah. Nobody, you make most of everybody makes so little money that you're off the fucking radar. Yeah. The big money is where it matters, right? The big money yeah. players. And everybody knows the big money players because we write tax code specifically to advantage them if you're on the right. Nobody gives a shit about you. You're some fucking, you know, regular Joe working a regular Joe job, making regular Joe money. No one gives a fuck about yeah. you. Yeah. I want to mention two big wins. But in Chicago... Brandon Johnson, progressive, like Very real progressive. true yeah. progressive, yeah. beat Paul Vallis for the mayor of Chicago. Paul Vallis was just a Republican in a fucking DNC like Hat. outfit. Yeah. Like uh -huh. there's, you you read what Paul Vallis was for and you're just like, oh great, more police. That sounds awesome. They did such a great job. I love too that some of the commercials and some of the, some of the things that they were playing show like literal like a bunch of people breaking windows and going crazy during the George Floyd thing. Now we watched what happened when that happened. The people oh, yeah. killed the cops right. kicking it off. And yeah. then they start going a little crazy. People are breaking windows. There's a little looting going on and stuff like that. And 
they're interviewing, they're, they're using this as a, as a political commercial against Brandon Johnson. And they're interviewing Brandon Johnson. They're like, and, and, and now we're hearing that you want to, you want to defund the police. Um, can you talk about that? And this, this stuff is happening behind him right, right on this thing yeah, to paint the worst picture. And I'm just like, Hey man, what was funding the police doing for stopping any of that? What was, what was funding the police? How is funding the police even better going to stop that? It'll never stop that. It'll never stop random violence like that. There's yeah, no right. way it does that. In fact, the more police you get out there, the more they're just going to watch it happen or kick it off themselves, well, right? It, uh, it's especially when it comes to, I will say, the city of Chicago has had a surge in crime, property crime and violent crime. Sure. Since the pandemic, yeah. that's been, but they they have not defunded the police. They've not defunded. They've the police. not defunded yeah, the police absolutely. at all. So, so I, you know, like a, a lot of people across the country want to say that's what happens when you defund the police. Right. Like nobody did no, it. Nobody they never the did police. it. Yeah, we Nobody's had a very po pro police person in there in Lori Lightfoot. Yeah. So there was no defunding. So don't. That's bullshit. That's well, a lie. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and that's yeah. not. Yeah. But you know. Lori Lightfoot was a disastrous mayor. Sure. She was sure. an absolutely disastrous sure. mayor. And she didn't get along with the, the, like, she had historic clashes with the police union. Like, yeah. she, when she tried to get them all to be vaccinated, they didn't want to get vaccinated. Yeah. She pushed, she lost. Like, she tried to stare down two different barrels. She tried to stare down the barrel of the teachers union and failed. Failed. She tried to stare down the barrel of the uh, police union and failed. And those are the two, in Chicago, those are the two biggest power brokers yeah, sure. in the city yeah. of Chicago. She was an absolute failure of a mayor. So, like, Absolutely glad yeah. she's gone. I a thousand percent glad she's gone. She did not do good things yeah. for the city of Chicago. I really hope Brandon Johnson does good things I for think the city he will. of Chicago. I think he like, will. We need like we need something substantive to change in Chicago. It's a beautiful, wonderful city that I think is at something of a worrisome inflection point. And like I don't want to see the city become a less safe place. And it has become since the last three years, like crime has dramatically increased in the city. Property and violent crime have both dramatically increased in the city. So, like, if Brandon Johnson's solutions to this problem are to address the roots of crime rather than just to go beat the shit out of people, sure. yeah. that, to me, let's give that a whirl. Yeah. Because Chicago has a long history of, like, police black sites sure. and John Burge torturing yeah. the shit out of people yeah. and the shooting of Laquan McDonald and the cover-up afterwards. And the list goes on and yeah. on and on and on and on. What you have with, with uh, Chicago <clears throat> is poor funding of the CTA, which oh, you for sure. absolutely need to, to, to reinvest in, in in a huge way. And... That changes, you know. Once you once you allow for travel between places and you make it safe, there's a it's 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 a game changer. That's what happened in New York when they when they made it safe to travel around. It changed everything. It does. And so, you know, I've been in Chicago a lot. I lived in Chicago mm -hmm. for many years, and and while there are there is an uptick in violence, there's also an uptick in violence across the country. Yeah. Right. That's not just Chicago. That's no, no, across no. Yeah, the right. country. So the pandemic has changed a lot about how people are reacting violently in different mm -hmm. situations. So that's not just a Chicago problem. Um, the the numbers in Chicago are big, but they're big everywhere. Big cities across the across the country are an experiencing the same things that our Chicago are experiencing. The, 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 the solution to that does not seem to be add more police officers who don't do anything about anything. And when it, when it, when it turns out yep. what they're going to do is cover shit up or just fucking make a shit ton of overtime money and not do anything. Well, right? you know, the thing is like, I would be okay with 
police who are present and helpful, right? Like we need to reconsider the role of police. Yeah, sure. Policing. Yeah. Like if the if the role of police is to or, or is to show up after the fact to beat the shit out of people to, you know, uh, put fear and intimidation out on the streets. And that has historically been the role sure. of police. Yeah. Then like, that's a fucking disaster. It's a useless thing. That's a goddamn yeah. disaster. We don't, no city needs that. Yeah. Not Chicago, not New York, not yeah. LA, not St. Louis. There's not a city in the world that needs that. Yeah. And that is the model for policing that America yeah. has had for generations. Brandon Johnson wants to take some roles away from the police and turn it into... You know, more caseworkers going out and doing things that yeah, they're asking be the doing police that. to do. And I think, you know, when you talk about that defunding of the police, that's the thing that needs to happen. And he has that vision. Now, is he going to accomplish anything? I don't I know. I don't know either. Right? Yeah. That's a difficult thing. They're going to have to raise taxes. That's going to be real tough on, on, the, on the people there. And it's going to make it really hard for maybe him to get a second term. You know, that's always another oh, yeah. problem. Yeah. So he has an uphill road and it sucks because he's a progressive. And if he fails, even oh, yeah. though everything's against him, progressive, being a progressive fails. It, and that's, that's so frustrating. That's the problem. So we're, it, it, I really, really hope he does well. Dude, that's it, so frustrating because it's like, there's this like, well, we gave it a shot and it didn't work. And yeah. it's like, but you didn't give it a shot. Yeah. You didn't do like, you, yes, you elected the guy, but then you cock block him at yeah, every fucking turn. Yeah. And then it's anything. like, well, did any progressive policies yeah. actually get implemented? No. Well, we, but we gave progressivism yeah. a shot. That's exactly what like, happens with fucking, But you didn't. Yeah, that's exactly how, that's why we elect Republicans to presidency every like eight years. Yeah. Because it's like. Because we just get yeah. all fed up. Ah, oh, nothing changed. Other good news. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. Did you see that guy's concession speech? I read his, con I read his bitchy dude. concession let me just speech. Play, let me play this for you. I want to play this for our audience. And it's not a long clip, but I just want to play like how fucking ridiculous this dude is. This is the guy who oh, lost. Concede if there's somebody yeah. legitimate to concede to. <clears throat> so this is the, this is the Supreme Court race. That was in Wisconsin. He lost to a progressive, which hopefully protects um, birth control, allows you know, not and protects uh, protects uh, abortion, and you know, also might be able to do some gerrymandering removal. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But it's yep. a big deal. So he, here's this guy. Tell me, Tom, if he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's like a villain who owns a mall <laughs> in a movie. Tell me if that's what he doesn't Oh, God, feel okay, like. all right. And it brings me no joy to say this. I wish that in a circumstance like this, I would be able to concede to a worthy opponent. But I do not have a worthy opponent to which I can concede. This was the most too. deeply deceitful, dishonorable, despicable campaign I have ever seen run for the courts. It was truly beneath contempt. <laughs> he lost so bad. Dude, you, he got Dude, stomped. Too. He's so he fucking got sad. Absolutely got Tell stomped. me he doesn't look like a guy who owns a mall in a, in a movie. He does. He looks like a like totally in does. a movie yeah. with like with like a a cat and dog protagonist. Yes. Uh -huh. He feels like the guy who he would does. be, they would like dump the, 
paint on him from like they'd somehow get into yeah. some hijinks yes. where they dump paint on him. There's a hundred percent is like uh, he's he's a caricature yes. of a villain. He seems like a guy who's gonna shut down the local radio you station. Bet. You bet. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. You kids you, with your rock and roll can't music. dance in this town. Yeah, I am I'm for canceling your dance. Like I'm like, I when I saw this, I was like, oh, you're so sad. Yep. You are so sad, and it makes it gives me joy. Oh. It brings me so much joy to see you angry about this. I love it. I love it because now he's not only a loser, but he's a loser in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our newest sponsor, Cecil. We have mm -hmm. a brand new sponsor, and that sponsor is Manscaped. So we actually got sent. We were we were alerted that we were going to be uh, sponsored by Manscaped. They were kind enough to send us their uh, package 4.0. It includes the lawnmower. I love the names of the stuff the, the, that the they send over. The names are yeah. The lawnmower 4.0, the weed whacker ear and nose hair I trimmer. I used the lawnmower today. You used it today? I used it today. It works real it's fucking real well, It's real good. It's real good. So I've had a lot of these shavers before. Yeah. And as a guy who grows hair literally everywhere and yeah. has for a very long, I have very thick hair and I'm, you know, I'm Italian. So like I get a lot of yeah. hair in lots of different places. I used it today. And I will say it did an excellent job of cutting. And it, one of the things that you're always worried about when you have these, these yeah. razors is, you know, if you're using one that like you might also use on your hair or might also use on your beard, you're like a little like they, they kind of look like they're going to bite you. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. This one, no problems whatsoever. Really smooth, really easy to use. And it worked like a charm. Yeah, man. I, I will say as somebody when they when they reached out to us to be a sponsor of the show. As somebody who is generally assiduously groomed, I was like, all right, I'm going to let myself run to ruin and rot for a few weeks and wait for this thing to show up. So I was I was in a sorry state. I will say, too, though, never, for real, never have I trimmed my shit and not cut myself at least a little. Sure. Like, every, no problems. Yeah, no problems. No problems, no problems at problems. all. I told my wife, I was like, I don't know, this is Manscaped, but. Fucking you could use it. Probably use it. Yeah. This thing sure. is fucking yeah. killer. Yeah. And like the packaging comes over, it's real nice. The quality of the machine. I again, like the underwear. It's they send awesome. underwear. They send a pair of drawers a pair and a shirt that I really like. They're like a wicking type of underwear. And I like the underwear too, because they're like they the underwear is is where I think a lot of people miss because you know the underwear has this great material on it, but then it also has like a nice big junk space. Yeah. Where you're like Okay, you kind of understand how a man's body works. Yes, thank because you. Because sometimes they just make underwear and you're like, and I know- Where like, am I supposed to be I, in this? I know that women run into this problem too with their own uh, clothes. Uh, uh, underclothes, right? Yeah. I know women run into this problem too, but men run into it as well. They're just like, do you not understand what I have and where I have it yeah, in order to make a proper- these? But these are these actually fit really well. Yeah, the the- and the the trimmers, the lawnmower, they use a technology um, for that lawnmower. It's called Skin Safe. You can use the damn thing in the shower. It's yeah. waterproof. Yeah. Like you, you almost cannot cut yourself with these yeah. things. They're fucking great. It's they really, really are great. It's really great. So I was really pleased when they reached out to be a sponsor. They sent us the package. Used it on my package. Worked like a fucking charm. If you guys want to uh, support the show, you can get twenty percent off and free shipping. Just enter Cogdis. That's C O G. D-I-S-S -S, when you head over to manscaped.com. It is I, the Lord God Jesus. Oh my God. Yes, it is I. Now what's in your hand? Well, it's a new verse I was working on. Yo, Lazarus, drop a beat. 
No, not that, not that kind of verse. It says, Glory, I have risen greatly. When you use code GLORY at adamandeve.com, you get 50% off almost anyone. Wait, who wrote this? It was I, son. Dad, you're dropping ads into my first coming. You'd think the son of God would at least be able to make a second coming. <laughs> right, girl? I heard that. Yeah, pretty sure he comes first and there is no second coming. Same joke. Okay, do you want to hear this first or not? Yes. Okay, pick almost any one item with glory and get 10 free gifts. A gift for you, for them, for both. Presumably frankincense, myrrh, and uh, lube. Baptize me now. And six free spicy movies. What's a movie? I, I don't really know. Don't worry about it. Okay. Oh, shit, that rabbit just laid a chocolate egg. No, no, that's not an egg. Don't eat it. Oh, the egg tastes like shit. Let's be American chocolate. No, here, ho- hold on. Uh, hibbity hoppity, make it better, Poppy. Mmm, Nestle. Now, technically, I just made it taste like chocolate. It's actually still shit. Get back to the ad. Jesus Christ. Me? You? What? Nothing. Uh, plus free shipping and discreet packaging. You have discreet packaging. Oh. That means you do too. Uh-oh. Jesus, Jesus, I painted my chocolate egg. Can I eat it? For fuck's sake. Yes, if you want. Why are you even trying to save these humans, Dad? You mean the savings they get when they use Code Glory? Wow, is our whole relationship going to be monetized? Yes, Jesus. Do you know how much rent is? Fucking landlords. Shouldn't we write a verse about not being one? You want to put Satan out of business now? Just read the ad and let me handle the marketing. Okay, Dad. Remember to use Code Glory at checkout at adamandeve.com. Hey, whatever happened to those two? Well, they've been in a polypool for centuries now. What? How come I couldn't get that job? You said you wanted to get nailed. Not literally. What, am I supposed to read your mind? Yes, hello, Trinity over here. Speaking of which, where is the Holy Ghost? Using Code Glory at checkout. Good human. This job is killing me. Sounds like a good Friday. What? Nothing. Uh, use Code Glory. Joined by Michael Marshall of the Merseyside Skeptics, he's uh, he he is part of a show called Skeptics with a K. Be reasonably skeptical, and he is the <laughs> the editor of the Skeptic UK, and that's one of the reasons why we brought you on today, Mike. We wanted to talk about your recent article, Fifteen Minute Cities. And mm. the pushback against these 15 minute cities and specifically the conspiracy theories that bleed out because these 15 city 15 minute cities are in the in the media right now. So welcome to the show. Welcome. And Michael. and we would like to hear, but we want to set the ground rules really early on yeah. this entire thing. We don't want to misrepresent what a 15-minute city is. So if you could tell us what that means, because in well, the United States, it means literally nothing. See, so. Right. Can can I can I pause real quick? I I appreciate you setting the stage real quick, but I think there is some flavor or context that I that when I read this article, I immediately knew I wanted to offer to the audience. If you haven't read it, and that is the just the very first paragraph of the skeptic. If I can just read it real oh, quick, oh, go ahead, read it aloud. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's I think I, not only does it kind of articulate your point right from the article, but and I think more importantly for me, it is the most British 
paragraph I've ever read <laughs> in my entire admittedly, life. Admittedly. There is nothing more British <laughs> yeah. than this. This essentially okay. is an afternoon tea encapsulated in a single paragraph. <laughs> it is, it's great. So this is from uh, Michael Marshall. Your excellent article from The Skeptic. Uh, was it difficult, by the way, to get yourself published in that, uh, <laughs> was that did you, editorial board and everything? Anyway, we'll skip that. Yeah. I grew up in a little village in the northeast of England built around a colliery. Don't know what that is. My grandpa on my mom's side, Jack, had hey, nine Ian, children. Ian, can you put a little bit of like Irish folk music under this, please? Oh, okay, that go would ahead. be okay. good. Go ahead. That Tom, would go really ahead. emphasize yeah. how, how yeah. English it is. Let's go take ahead. some Irish folk music underneath. <laughs> <laughs> well, the English aren't creative enough to have their own music, so we got to go with something That's creative. True. That, that is true. true. That's a, true. A, a colliery is a coal mine, by the way, in case any of us weren't sure. It's, it's okay. a mining oh. town is I what I'm expressing. It's... It's not fancy. It's a mining town. My, yeah. my grandfather was a miner. Well, so Jack had nine children, and as a result, he worked three jobs down the village coal mine or colliery, uh, for those who don't know, <laughs> not they know, a 10-minute walk from his house until it closed in the 1960s. At the betting shop, that's a thing, I guess, a five-minute walk from his house and at the local working <laughs> men's club. None of these things, by the way, are things here. Uh, also five minutes from his house. He would cook the weekly Sunday roast each week with vegetables bought from the greengrocers on the high street, five minutes from his front door, and meat from the butchers another minute or so away. And I just, I, I read that and I love it because none of that translates to America at all. At we don't, all. At all. At and, all. Like, like, yeah. like, other than your like prepositions, like there's not a noun in there that I can identify with whatsoever. I, I will mention too, I thought it was adorable. And one of the pushes that you might want to consider for the Skeptic UK is having you with an empty bowl sort of smudge a little bit of something on you and just ask for some more yep. if you could. Yep. I think that would be the absolute best way for you to push. So anyway, t we, we, we've, we've made fun of England enough. We did. I, have to, I have to do that just, <laughs> to, touch, just to touch, right? I won't. Yeah, yeah. That's all I mean, right. To be honest, the quaintness is, is, is sort of something I was trying to trying to get across here because right. like when I talk about like green grocers and butchers, that's kind of what village life used to be. And then as I, as I mentioned in the article, you know, big supermarkets and you know, your big kind of chains yeah. came along and wiped out all that independent stuff. So now you can no longer easily walk to a, a store in the tiny little village I grew up in and get all of the things you need to live day by day, you've got mm -hmm. to get in a car and drive 20 minutes to get to, to the big store. Um, and that kind of, the reason I set it up that way is the whole point of this concept of a, a 15 minute city um, is everything that you would need to live on a daily basis should be within about 15 minutes walk of where you currently live um, so that you don't have to rely on your own individual transport to get somewhere. You don't have to get in a car and produce carbon emissions and take you know, the, the unhealthy kind of uh, route of driving somewhere. You can just walk th those places. And that is, that is at the crux of it, that is what the whole idea of the 15-minute city is. And so that, I think, puts in context the pushback, which is uh, very unreasonable. Because what they'll say is, and, and we can come into what the kind of conspiracy theory about a 15-minute city is, but even those who are at the least conspiratorial end 
their their objections to this concept of having your doctor and your school and your your shops within 50 minutes walk of your life one of the pushbacks they have is well i didn't vote for this i never voted for you to make me uh i never stay. voted for convenience god damn it <laughs> i never voted like, for what but this thing is we, we never voted for that to go away in the first place right that was how our lives right were just have developed for centuries of civilization is that you because you didn't have the ability to travel a large distance very quickly and conveniently so everything was nearby and it was only when the big chain stores and the big businesses came along and set up out of town and drove all of the smaller places out of uh, out of business that it, it forced us to change the way that we live to go now you know, drive to the mall to get stuff rather than to the to the local high street. So no one voted for that way of life to go away in the first place, and now people are up in arms at suggestions that that kind of uh, that kind of structure of of living space should come back without taking some kind of referendum on it. So I think. I think that's kind of an interesting, uh, interesting pushback that that uh, that the idea is getting. And now, from from the article, one of the things that I thought was interesting. So, the, the I had to laugh because um, I didn't know anything about the fifteen minute city concept until I read this article, right? And mm. I went into it genuinely thinking this would be about having things be a fifteen minute drive from your house, <laughs> and what a like how awesome that would be in like here yeah. in suburban America, a 15 minute drive. If I could get to my work in 15 minutes, if I could get to my doctor in 15, and I'm talking about drive time, that would be a massive improvement mm. over what we have. The a 15 minute walk for me in the suburbs will not take me out of my subdivision. So in yeah. 15 minutes, I can't make it to a single place that has a cash register. In, 15, in a 15-minute walk. Either. I can't either. I can't either. There's no way to walk 15 minutes out of housing where I'm at. Mm. I, maybe, maybe if I fucking hustle, I could get to the fucking pharmacy. Yeah, if, yeah. But I would have to like power walk like I had those like swingy hips, you know? Like I don't have that. <laughs> like I'll bust something. So a 15-minute drive would be an enormous improvement in America. I've never right. worked until the pandemic when I now work from home. I have never worked a 15 minute drive from home. Like I have mm. always worked at least a 40 minute to an hour drive commute. Yeah. And that's pretty standard. The standard drive commute here in America is over 40 minutes now. Yeah, it's, it's over, yeah. it's almost an hour. And now in the city, I used to live, and for many years, for almost 20 years, I lived downtown Chicago. And so in downtown Chicago, 15 minutes, you can get almost anything you need in a 15 minute walk from where I lived, from where I yeah, was yeah. specific. But- that is very privileged, right? I lived in a very privileged area of the city that right. allowed for that sort of thing. There are many places in Chicago, and this brings up another concept of food deserts, right? Here in the Absolutely. States, we have this thing called the food desert where, you know, you're in the city, you're in Chicago, there's 3.5 million people that live there. And of those 3.5 million people, maybe 15 or 20 of the neighborhoods are well-planned out, have all the, the necessities nearby, also have a big box store that you can walk to, et cetera, et cetera. The places, but then there's another 45 little neighborhoods that are in lower income areas that have none of those things. And they require right. a long L ride or a long car ride or an extremely long walk to get to any place mm. that has any of those things. They don't have post offices, they don't have libraries, and yep. they don't have food. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and so this this the thing really is that that privilege is a, a central kind of idea to it that 
there is a huge privilege in being able to live somebody somewhere at the moment that's set up that way because for, as you say for so many people it's just not set up that way and there's also a huge privilege in you know what Tom is uh describing where okay you can you have to be able to drive to get places mm-hmm. but that means you have to be able to drive that means you have, have have to have access to a car you have to have been able to learn to do that you have to be able bodied enough to be able to operate a vehicle which not everyone is going to be able to so there is barriers put in place that make that structure of living so much harder for people who don't have access to the kind of cash you'd need to be able to purchase an automobile and then be able to drive it and stuff. So so it's baking all of this privilege in um, and making life structurally difficult for people who don't have access to those kind of resources. And it's it's so the the concept of a 15-minute city, as it's on paper from the various kind of uh, think tanks that are outlining it, is to try and take all of that reliance on privilege away. And in doing so, you strengthen communities, you uh, support your local economy because you're giving money to the, the store down the road rather than the, the big chain out, out of town. Um, and you just you reduce emissions so you're better protecting the environment. So theoretically, it has these knock-on uh, consequences that would be very positive. And so you'd think it'd be very difficult to disagree with this concept? Do you think it'd be very difficult to find this uh, a run to the hills in fear kind of idea? I don't though, because if you grossly (laughs) misrepresent the idea, it's very easy. It's super easy. It is very easy then to cherry pick all of the the negatives. And the the point I want to make is the article uh, that, that you wrote, and by the way, I mean, again, amazing job by the editors sneaking that one through the goalpost, but the, the <laughs> article that you wrote for the magazine that you, that you publish, um, mm-hmm. that, that really described the idea that if you need to work outside of, so if you just happen to have a job and it's outside of your town, the draconian requirement is that you take something called a ring road. Now, we don't have ring roads uh, here yeah. in the States. We kind of right? do. Just, I mean, 294 is a ring road. It goes around the city, but it goes true. around we, the city we, like 40 miles away from the city. Right, yeah. 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 I mean, and and <coughs> we don't have that like, we don't have that like ring road like concept that like rings around like local municipalities. Yeah, same. We, we just where have, your moat was, have, we don't right. have that, yeah. Well, right. it, it, yeah. it, it basically <laughs> is. It basically is where the moat was because the the big city, well, the 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 uh, city that's been in the headlines and caused the big furore amongst the conspiracist crowd uh, for this fifteen minute city idea is Oxford, and Oxford is a very 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 old city. It was designed to have horses going around in it. So when you know you, you get a, the the furthest you can get is, is is where you can get on a horse, and so the streets are structured narrowly and with with a lot of twists to it. They're not designed for cars. And so many of, especially British cities and British towns weren't designed for cars because we've been living here for so long. Now, obviously that's a little bit different for parts of the US where the, 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 the buildup of those places has come after to some degree, a level of uh, automobility Mm -hmm. knocking around. And so you can build your cities with the car in mind, whereas the the cities we're talking about were built with horses in mind. And they're a total pain to get around by car. You try and get around, it just takes forever because the city just can't handle it. And so that's why we have this concept of a a ring road. And one of the things I I mentioned in the article, and it's one of the videos that I picked out when I was going through the the various conspiracist channels that I I monitor, was quite a famous right-wing contrarian asshole called Katie Hopkins, who just jumps on any right-wing bandwagon and takes the worst possible position in order to try and, you know, make a name for herself and things. Um, And she was designed, she was drawing out 
how you get from one part of Oxford to another without taking the route that is now banned. And she says, you have to come out of the city and go all the way around and come back in. It's like, you're drawing the ring road. You don't need to do this on a piece of paper and Matt already has this on. You're describing the concept of a ring road. And your ring road was faster. Like, admittedly, yes, exactly. I, you look on the thing, the, the ring road is, is faster. The it's it's, it's yeah. the way I, I, I looked at this. It's faster by bike. The, the the maps you have explain two routes, a route or two points, a route at one part of Oxford to another part. It's 22 minutes by bike. It's 19 minutes by car if you take the ring road. But it's like almost 30 minutes by car if you go through the center of the city. And it's the same. I mean, there are cities like this in the United States. Like I said, though, the, the, the ring road is farther out. So Indianapolis is mm. another example of of a city that is is interstates all the way around the outside. And it's almost always much faster just to bypass that entire city and go around. It's, it's actually much better just to bypass Indiana altogether. Yeah, I was just saying. You have to bypass the city, it's easier too. Yeah, that so, ring road is Ohio yeah. Yeah. and then you skip down. Yeah, yeah. You go just down to don't, Kentucky yeah. and back over right. to Iowa and then you can go keep right. going. But that's, but that's the ring road yeah. around Indiana. Yeah. yeah. But I, I I really like the, the, the objections, Marsh. Like, so, so the... The idea is like, hey, people should have a quality. We should build our cities in an intentional way, right? So part mm. of what I read through your article, right, is that, hey, this is Britain. This place has been around for a real long time. Our cities were structured, as you said, in this sort of medieval sort of fashion because they just were. And yeah. so that's probably no longer conducive to a 21st century way of life without some intentional city planning elements. So let's put our minds to building cities that work better for everybody so that they really meet the needs of the citizenry. That is kind of yeah, what I yeah. read out of this 15-minute concept. And the fucking 5G anti-COVID oh, lockdown nuts who have, you know, they've lost the argument of dystopian mindfuck at every turn, right? So yes. they first predicted, and you point this out in your in your well-written article, uh, heavily vetted through your publishers, it, they, they point out that... <laughs> You know, I don't get paid to, to talk about that. It is, it is a free thing that I, you I love. On, you. Do you put that on your CV or do you just leave it off? Like, is it on your CV? It, be on. <laughs> it would be on the CV. No, I, I'm just teasing you to tease you. You, you. you point this out in your article that They've lost at every turn. So they had, you know, oh, the 5G is going to, it's going to brain, everybody, everyone's brain is going to melt and we're all, it's all going to be scanners, you know? And then, yeah. oh, the COVID lockdown, the, you know, the uh, citizenry is going to be locked down forever and it's going to be, you know, some fascist dictator mindfuck for, for life. And none of these things happen. None of these things come mm. to fruition. And so this, in your mind, this is the next step, right? Now we got to be upset because you have to save three minutes by driving on the ring road. And that's yeah. how they'll really get you. They'll really get you by making it more convenient to walk to the local colliery or wherever you fucking work in <laughs> England and like, <laughs> and get into a pharmacy without having to get in the car or have yeah, to drive I, three minutes less to get out of town. Yeah. This is like, yeah, this exactly. is the great worry. And, 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 how, and obviously they can't, they can't state they can't state the actual plans of a 15 minute city um, uh, honestly and have people be as worried as and terrified as they want them to be. So they have to kind of uh, exaggerate it to a, to a ludicrous uh, de de degree. And so what they will say is, for you to drive from northeast Oxford to southwest Oxford, you won't be allowed to do that unless you pay X amount of money. You know, they're going to fine you for ever leaving your district in Oxford. 
which is never what's on the cards. You know, they're saying it, you you can't drive that route through Oxford too many times or they'll start finding you because they want to tr try and disincentivize it to, so that you take the route around. But what the conspiracists are saying is, no, no, that's just the start. But what they'll then do is they'll say, once you're in your zone, you're never allowed to leave your zone. You've got 15 minutes, you've got what you need. So why well, would you even want to go to the other part of Oxford? Why would you even want to see your family who live on the other side of town? You'll be banned from seeing your family is what they'll what they'll say from this. And they'll try and paint this as a... Um, this is a Hunger Games uh, type uh, existence, that the Hunger Games was deliberately released in order to prepare us for the idea of being separated into zones. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that, but that's an excellent... On. It's all part that's of the a, That's an know? excellent point. I, I don't know that I can... I mean, but Marsh, just to play devil's advocate a little bit, isn't it true, though, that if I make up a different and more scary argument that you have very little to counter that with. Like if I <laughs> imagine a series of proposals that you and nobody else are proposing, then obviously yeah. that's that's much more terrifying. That is so. that is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And what's what's really it's funny and it's also interesting is I've been watching on the various Telegram channels that, that I'm in videos of people going to their local county council meetings oh God. and yelling at them about this whole idea and talking about the New World Order and the World Economic Forum and how Klaus oh. Schwab is trying to redesign how we get from one part of Oxford to another or one part of Canterbury to another. And what strikes me about it is, you know, these are local council meetings. They're incredibly small. They're normally incredibly boring. But this is the playbook that we're seeing from America turning up to your school board meetings and turn up, turning yep. up to your local council and shouting at people there. It's 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 exactly <laughs> that. It's, it's incredibly effective for spreading that yeah. kind of paranoid right-wing agenda because you end up yelling at confused local bureaucrats <laughs> who were just there to like yeah. sign off where people can sure. park and yeah. to, to, to deal with like parking legislation and how often the the bins get emptied, you know, when when's garbage day. That's kind of what they're there for. And then suddenly they're being accused of being a tool of the new world order. And they've got no idea what to do with that. Well, and, and you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, we didn't vote uh, initially to change the way cities are and now they're saying we want we 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 didn't vote to change it back to basically how it was before but you know how often do you really vote on the minutia of city planning i mean very infrequently do you get a, a ballot option for you to actually vote on so it's not like they come to me every time they want to put up a new street light near me and they yeah. say hey we're going to put up a new street light you know oh we're going to change this road to one way etc and you know like like they they point out all the time that oh they're taking away these rights and you're like you don't have a lot of rights when it comes to where your car goes anyway. Like you, you yeah. have to decide, they have to maintain the road. They have to decide which way it goes. If it's a one-way street, you know, whether or not they're going to close it down for festivals, et cetera, or just close it down and turn it. You know, I, when I was in Europe, they have entire streets that are just pedestrian only zones where like you what? just, it's like, great. like you just it's walk really across. Great. <laughs> There's literally no cars. There's a big block off where they just used to have a street. And they're like, fuck that. It's a pedestrian zone. Now we don't have anything like that you know, by us, you know, they never shut down roads once in a while. Actually, during COVID, I take that back in the city, they did to put uh, tables outside for restaurants so people could actually mm. eat outside because they were losing so much business. But I don't know if that's gone back to where it was before. But, you know, uh, it was it was amazing to be in Chicago at that time because you just walk down the street, you'd be like, holy shit, they cut this, they shut this whole road down. And yet it's, it's mind blowing in the States when something like that happens. But really, genuinely, you don't have a lot of decision making when it comes to that. But they seem to think you have all this decision making and that, you, that, that this is part of the conspiracy, that they are taking away your rights. And, the, and you mentioned in the article, that you have 
sovereign citizen type people there now too? Yeah, yeah. that blew yeah. my mind. How the fuck did we end up giving you sovereign citizens? <laughs> I mean, the that sovereign feels citizen uniquely thing, American. Right, isn't the whole concept of the sovereign citizen, doesn't it rely on like our system of poorly yeah, understood jurisprudence? Laws. Yeah, um, yeah, no, well, I don't know. So there's, so, so we'd also call it like Freeman of the Land here. And I think it, it, it <laughs> just as much applies, they'll go back to things like the Magna Carta. You know, oh they'll, they'll often oh talk about God, the rights given what? to us in the Magna Carta. Well, yeah, well, so during during COVID, there were quite you know, a lot of people. if we go back people, all the I mean, way to Hammurabi, uh, we really <laughs> have to go back to the original set of written code. Ma it, what? Ma Magna, Car Car Magna Carta? Magna Carta is a transformer, right? Am I right on this? <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was mad. So like you had, uh, during COVID, during lockdown, you had businesses who were refusing to be shut down. And then it went viral in the UK that you could put a, a sign up in your window saying that you're obeying the Magna Carta <laughs> and not the current laws. Uh, and therefore they can't Are shut you, you down. People went to, to court over right it and were fined. Yeah, no, they absolutely did. And what, what was pointed out was like, okay, yes, the Magna Carta does grant some rights, but it grants those rights to feudal landlords <laughs> in, the, in, like, in a very short period of time in like the 15th century. So yes, if you're one of them, then COVID lockdowns don't apply to you. But yeah, again, so if you, if you, you the ride around on your steed with your coin purse at your <laughs> yeah, side, yeah. then yeah. like maybe things, what the fuck? They're looking, well, if you go back and read the Magna, no one's reading the fucking Magna Carta unless you're in history class. Are you fucking kidding me? And, and no one who tried to get out of COVID lockdowns by referencing the oh, Magna Carta work? has read it. They've clearly not yeah. read it because it's very clearly nothing to do with them. So we, we do have that kind of soft-sit, freedom and land type of thing. And so you get people saying, well, this 15-minute sitting idea, uh, you can't prevent me from traveling. It's like one of the things in Sovereign Citizen is that you're allowed uh, to, to freely travel. And that's where you get the, uh, the the folk getting pulled over by the police for speeding and saying, well, you know, I don't subscribe to the laws and therefore you can't stop me from traveling. And and it's it's the same kind of ideas that they're trying to rely on. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and then they get and dragged out of the like, car and yeah, sure. Cause and and again, like no one is preventing anyone from traveling. They're just saying you have to use this road rather than that road, which is- Or cycle, or functionally, road, or take yeah. public transport. But even, yeah. even <laughs> if you're like, even if you're fucking top gear all day, right? Like even if you're like masturbating over the car constantly, like you still can get in your car with this scheme and you can go any place that you want to go. You can achieve location to location, no matter what, without paying any fines ever, you yeah. just have to take the ring road rather than the local city streets, unless. But you get a hundred exceptions a year exactly. by this yeah, plan. You get, so you get 100, 100 exceptions. Yeah. You can uh, otherwise, and that is really like if I'm driving a car, I can't just go the wrong way down a one way street because yeah. I have right of free travel. I can't just be like, right of free travel. Exactly. I shall go down the one-way street sideways and diagonally. Like, cause once there was an old document written by horseback or fucking whatever. You can't do that. That's, nobody is suggesting that we get rid of one-way streets or that you no. go the wrong way on a roundabout just because, well, I'm allowed to turn left at the roundabout rather than right or whatever. It's probably, I got that backwards in, in your time. But still, <laughs> like, for fuck's sake, it doesn't seem any different. It do, like I, yeah. I would get it if it was like, and it's not. I would get it if it was what they're proposing is going to happen, right? The, the something, something, seven steps, Kevin Bacon, and now I'm locked down in District Nine, right? Like, okay, yeah, that wouldn't be cool. 
but that would have no economic advantage for anyone. There is no, the world that they posit creates economic disadvantage for the elites, not economic advantage for the elites. So even if you have a worldview that posits the most evil intentions of elitist oligarchs, the world that they are positing would not advantage those people. Am I wrong here? No, no, you're absolutely right. Now, what the conspiracy theorists will say, they'll say they'll say a couple of things to that. Um, one is that they'll say, well, the, there's an economic disadvantage to locking people down here uh, in, in your, your local areas. It's going gonna, it's gonna to particularly disadvantage local shops and therefore drive people towards online things like Amazon. So if you could no longer, so if, if the local shops shut down because they're getting less footfall because there's less people moving around generally, maybe that won't be sustainable for them and you'll be forced to go online and have Amazon delivery drivers. Now, obviously that's stupid because your local shops are more likely to fare better if the big supermarket out of town is getting less custom uh, because you're going to walk to your local shop rather than go all the way there. So obviously this is going to have an economic benefit to local uh, local uh, local shops or at least a one that could be argued on the, the, the detail at that level. It's not going to be an obvious disadvantage. Uh, and the other thing they'll say is, well, where this will be advantageous to the elites is in data because once you're trapped in your little 15-minute zone, um, you'll be that'll be tied up to a surveillance state. Whereas if you leave that zone, it'll be marked against you. You'll be forced to use digital currency, which means they can track every single thing that you're spending. And if they if you do leave your zone, they will remove some of that currency. And if you do things, they if you buy stuff they don't like, if you buy too much alcohol or you buy cigarettes or you buy whatever, then they'll mark you down and you'll have less money. So they'll they'll actually remove it by harvesting all of your data and then selling that data on to companies. And what that all misses is your data is already being sold to companies. <laughs> that we're, we're, we're past the point of data saturation where this is not going to be a massive new uh, impediment mm -hmm. on your life. I mean, I'm against it and we should really stop it. But the idea that 15-minute cities will uh, allow for greater data collection, I think is just incredibly naive. Everything you do is, is being pretty much tracked online all the time anyway. You can say, well, if you're using digital currency, they can tell what you're spending it on. But how often do you tap your card or use chip and pin or something anyway? How often are you using internet banking? So that's already recorded somewhere. And sure, it's, it's secure. But if they wanted to, to get at that, they would erode the security rather than stopping you moving around. So I think there's like a lot of, uh, a lot of, they haven't fully thought through what world they think is coming. They'll say about the surveillance state, and this is something I point out in the article. There's a video showing people walking around their local area, and in real time, the cameras are tracking their face and referring to a database and pulling up data about who they are and where they are. And it's like, this is what 15-minute cities will allow. It's like, mate, that's already possible. <laughs> like, they do that in China. They don't need you in a 15-minute zone to do that. What you're arguing then is that the technology's there, but the problem is scalability. Like the database can't be big enough. It's nonsense, you know? Once that tracking ability is there, it doesn't matter whether you're 15 minutes or 15 hours from where you live. It just has to talk to a database. So yeah, it's just naive, I think. And I, and I think you point out in the article, and, and, I, and I would be remiss not to, to say the same thing, that I, would I do and have concerns about a, about about enabling a surveillance state a la China, yeah. right? Like that is a legitimate thing to, to raise your hand and say, I have legitimate concerns and many of them about the promotion of a surveillance state by the government. Like I think that that is it, but that is an entirely second and core, it's not even a corollary. It's an entirely second and separate argument from this 15 minute city concept. And also 
you know, one thing that strikes me is right now, here in the States at least, we don't have anything like a 15-minute city unless you're very privileged and very lucky. And also in many parts of the United States at least, a 15-minute walking city would be unpleasant in parts of the, because of the weather, right? So if you live in Minnesota, six months out of the year, you don't want to walk outside for 15 minutes. It can be very dangerous to be outside in February in fucking St. Clair, Minnesota for 15 minutes, right? Hmm. But if you are in a place where that is a safe and reasonable thing for you to be able to do, you're getting something for the trade-off, right? The trade-off is here. I got to take the ring road. Okay, well, maybe I don't want to take the ring road because I enjoy being stuck in traffic. I love being stuck in traffic. It makes me horny. I don't know. But like, yeah. I want to have the right of free travel. I, I'm a freeman of the land or whatever. But right now, like, we don't get anything out of all this inconvenience. You don't get anything out of all this inconvenience. All you get is the inconvenience of it. Yes. If yeah, you absolutely. build your city the other way, yes, there might be some give and take because rarely does anything work without give and take but you get something out of it. I get like, is, I mean, I assume that the weather in the UK is conducive to this kind of lifestyle. (laughs) Well, sort of, it can be. I mean, it's going to, to, it rains an awful lot, but it's not, uh, we never have blistering heat and we never have uh, absolutely freezing cold soil. It's so insanely that we can't function. So yeah, we, we're we're much more temperate. One, One of the things that struck me is that it seems like the COVID misinfo people really do have a captive audience when it comes to this particular conspiracy. What do you think the crossovers are when it comes to that? What's the crossovers that that allow them, either the grifters to reach out or the COVID people to really latch on to something like this? So I think the crossover is, uh, there's just sort of two axes of it. One, I think, is um, in the, uh, the deep-seated mistrust of the government. Uh, and the deep-seated mistrust of authority and the deep-seated mistrust of uh, of, of anybody trying to uh, give you advice on how to how you should be living your life or give you kind of um, recommendations on your life. And obviously we saw that during COVID, partly because the government was lying to us in lots of ways, not sure. the ways that the COVID conspiracists think, yeah. right. but they were you know, having parties behind the scenes and giving uh, contracts to their mates and various things like that. And that's completely eroded trust in official narratives. Sure. And once you've eroded that trust on one topic, it's really easy to just switch that over to another topic. So I yeah. think that that's already there. And what we what we see as well from the protests um, is lots of the people who turn up to those 50-minute uh, city protests were the same people who were turning up to COVID protests. Yeah. And so they met each other then and they formed communities. And now this is the community, this is the way you get to see the people that you know yeah. again. So I think there's that kind of... <laughs> alternative community that we've Protesting seen lots of times. hobbyists. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And also conspiracism hobbyists. Yeah. So I think that's, and that's the other axis, is that the reason it's so easy to, to onboard them into this next thing is because they're all set up in the same online networks that they were using for COVID. And this is how I found out about the 15 minutes City stuff, mm. is because I joined COVID anti-vax stuff uh, to, to monitor it during, during the height of the pandemic. And I've just watched them shifting their narrative as they introduce the next fear to keep people hooked. And some of those people are doing it in a grifterish way. You know, you get people like Katie Hopkins and Tommy Robinson and GB News and various other things in the UK which are fueling this kind of right-wing paranoia. Um, And other sides of it, I think, are people doing it because they genuinely do fear it themselves but because they haven't got this, they haven't really got a good ability to uh, understand proportionality of their fear. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they've got this big platform now. 
And if they've got a big audience and a big Telegram channel where thousands and thousands of people listen to them all the time, they have to keep feeding that beast, even on a subconscious level, they've been sort of audience captured because they want to keep up that level of, of attention and acclaim. And so they find the next thing to worry about possibly lifted from a grifter's uh, Telegram channel and spread it out from there. So we have this kind of incredibly effective disinformation uh, spreading network out there. It's a great dissemination tool. And you just need to plug in a different set of nouns and a different, the same yeah. fear you know, dressed yeah. up a little differently. Yeah. And it's going to go out to the same people with the same level of fervor. Sure. You know, that's a fascinating concept that I had never considered. It's kind of blowing my mind right now, like in real time. Like for years, these people have gotten online and made friends and made connections and they've shared not just like, I guess, and I don't know why I didn't think about this because it's so obvious in retrospect, but they go on and they make these like real social connections. They create these real genuine social relationships. They're, mm. they're not just sharing conspiratorial bullshit. They're sharing, you know, their lives with their kids and their, you know, events of the soccer game and like fucking baking recipes because they're making real connections. Yeah. And then when these things fall apart, when the 5G doesn't turn our brains into scanners and when the government doesn't like turn us all into, you know, fascist, you know, cogs in the, in the 1984 Orwellian machine. Like if they let that go, do they lose their social circle? Do they lose the people they've come to love and connect with every day? And so it, it never occurred to me that there, that you've got with like to combat this, you have to not only combat like the facts that they are revolving around, but we have to also think about how do we allow these people to maintain the social connections, the online social connections that have become so important to them on a personal level without them having to revolve around this like madness infrastructure? Yeah, and, and it, it may not even be to, to maintain those social connections, but to, to find social connections that they can value. And so this, this takes me back to when I was spending time looking- If we had 15 minute cities though, people would connect more in person. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They'd have a, a better local community in person. That's that's the deep irony of this. Yeah. And so it takes me back to like when I was when I was uh, hanging around the flat earth movement. And what I would see in the flat earth movement is you say you're a flat earther and then your friends and family are like, okay, this guy's gone crazy. I want to spend less time talking to him. So you spend more, once you're in that community, you spend more and more of your time in that community because they're the only ones who'll still talk to you. And there is a, a driver towards isolation. And we see that again and again through conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. uh, even to a point where, you know, talk about plugging in the different nouns. Um, one of the drivers of the conspiracy theory around 15-minute cities is the same as the driver that was, you know, the COVID is, is, a, is fake and the vaccine is evil. There's a, 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 there is a printed conspiracist newspaper in the UK called The Light, The Light Paper, which was set up during the pandemic to spread the other side of the story that you won't see in the mainstream news about the pandemic, how it's all fake, how the vaccine's evil. It was set up by a guy called Darren Nesbitt, who I know because I interviewed him when he was the UK's leading flat earther. I saw him at the Flat Earth Conference speaking there. So you've got the Flat Earth conspiracy uh, community, the conspiracy network, you plug in some different nouns, you end up being QAnon, you plug in different nouns, mm. you become COVID conspiracists and then 15 Minute City. So th there's a... There's an inbuilt system for keeping you on the train, and it's really difficult to get you off the train. And one of the only ways I think you can get people off that train is to give them connections mm -hmm. and society and community in their life that isn't about that. 
Yeah. Um, and we, we were fortunately we were able to see that with um, one of the guys who set up the anti-vax group in Liverpool during the during the pandemic, who I started talking to after I gave a talk about uh, the, the anti-vax movement and his anti-vax movement in particular. Um, and he figured out who I was because I got outed in the Telegram channel that I was in, which was a little bit worrying because uh, it's filled with white supremacists and Nazis. So I didn't want them knowing who I was. Um, but he reached out to me and said, well, you know, what do you, now that we know who you are, what have you got to say for yourself? And I talked to him for like about a month and he watched my talk and he left the movement. And now he oh, comes wow. to our local skeptics group. No kidding. You know, he, give, he gave a talk at our local skeptics group on Thursday night about what it was like to come out. And he talked about exactly this. How it's great that the is that? He was seeing. It, it, and he's the loveliest guy. And he's just a guy. And he talked about he was struggling with various different things in his life at the time. He spent far too long online. He was seeing people saying stuff that felt persuasive at the time. So he spent all his time talking to them. And it was only through being able to forge bonds and friendships with people and starting to see like me, for example, as a friend that he was just, he was able to share these kind of concerns with that I managed to get him out. And if, wow. it, if it wasn't for that, and if That's people didn't keep con, you know, treating him like a conspiracy theorist and shutting him off, he might still be in that space. Um, Did you point him yeah, over to be reasonably skeptical in order for him to, to do that or... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, to be honest, he does listen to the show and stuff. I did think about interviewing him on Be Reasonable, but I think it's hard because he's now, he no longer believes in that stuff. And so it's quite hard to have a conversation right. about what someone used to believe. Yeah, sure. Um, I would imagine but it, so, it's, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, but I think his, that journey I think is really interesting because the other thing he was explaining was like, he was one of the admins of the the Telegram channels that were spreading this this inf this misinformation. And what he was seeing was, a load of fake accounts and bots trying to trying to push ivermectin and try to you know spread hate and, and things automatically. And he spent a lot of his time setting up filters to automatically kick those bots out. But what he said was he spent so long fighting the bots that he didn't see the radicalization of the people whose names he knew, mm. the people who he'd met through this, whose house he'd go to and whose kids he'd meet. Like when he met them and when he left the movement, they were so much more extreme between that in that intervening period. They got worse and worse. But right. because he was fighting the fake accounts, he didn't see what was happening to the real people. Um, but it's that that thing of you cut people off from society and lead them only to speak to other people who are outside of society. Yeah, sure. You, know, you, you leave one you leave one community to to join uh, a flat earth community or an anti-vax community, and the guy in that community starts spouting anti-Semitic rhetoric. Yeah. Do you have the 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 strength to leave that community as well? Because if you do, where do you go? Yeah. Like how, how many how many communities can you afford to leave? Yeah, for sure. I think for it's sure. difficult. What you, you mentioned too in your article that someone came to one of your talks while you were speaking and like shouted you down? Did that happen? Yeah, that was Glasgow Skeptics. That was oh. uh, that was fun. It, I think it was like Glasgow Skeptics. They had like an anniversary event. It was like their 100th talk or something like that. And they invited me along and they had a really full room where there was like 80 or 100 people there or something like that. I thought, wow, this is, it's nice to have such a good turnout. And I give a talk on the, the White Rose anti-vaccination kind of vandalism movement, which, uh, which was what what the, was springing up during the pandemic. And there was a few things early in the talk that normally when I deliver those lines in front of crowds, they get like a, a chuckle here or a positive reaction there. And it was just nothing. Oh, <laughs> this is interesting. Yikes. Oh, we got Edinburgh. to the end. Like, Yikes. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it got to the end and I was like, okay, Q&A time. And they were like, okay, so I've got a question for you because, and he just launched, someone just launched into this long thing. I was like, could you, could you get to the question? He said, well, you've been talking for long enough. I think it's my turn to talk now. It's like, that's not how that's the Q&A works. You were saying this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's no. Amazing. Yeah, and it turns out there was like, 15 or 20 of the audience who'd come from the same group. They denied they were from the same group, but I did ask <laughs> But they them. all got in the same tiny car as they drove away. So that kind <laughs> well, of gives that, it away. Worse than that, they, they denied they were from the same group. And then they all stood outside and handed out copies of the light paper in front of a banner that they'd brought with the name of their group on it. Clearly. And, and the fun- Spontaneous. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah that's- and the fun thing was they were handing out copies of the light paper and it was a copy, it was the same issue that I'd brought as a prop to show how bad it was. So I was on stage. Oh, did going, you sign Look them? Look how much bullshit is in this, this, this newspaper. Marsh, you should have signed them. You should have signed oh, them, buddy. Fantastic. Oh, oh Fantastic. Man. Uh, yeah, I, so that I, was an, a fascinatingly hostile crowd until until we all finished and went upstairs for a drink and suddenly they were nice as pie because they weren't shouting at someone on a stage. They were sat in a small kind of mm. round tables having drinks and suddenly they become a lot more polite because wow. it's not a grandstanding thing in front of each other anymore. It's sure. just it's a, a conversation. It really yeah. is. It really is something. I want to talk really quickly about the grifter end of this because it seems like, you know, with the sovereign citizen, but then also with the, uh, with the sort of environmentalism push that we're seeing nowadays, we're also seeing a a lot of references towards communism, socialism, towards that sort of like anti-capitalism idea. And one of the grifters here in the States, James Lindsay, I was walking, he's walking through our airport in uh, in Chicago, O'Hare Airport. And he just, uh, like, this was like five weeks ago, because Twitter is mm. an absolute cesspit now. I don't know if people know, but like they have a, you have to click who you follow because now it just auto sets you on for you. And for you turns out for us is Nazis and shitty people. So it's like, great. Yes. I yeah. don't ever want to see any of this stuff, but I have to in order to click over. But, you know, I was scrolling through, not realizing which tab I was on. And I was on the for you tab and he scrolls up and he took a picture of the UN sustainability development goals. Now, I had known about these for years. I guess they really redesigned them around 2015, 2016. So they've been out, these specific goals have been out for at least eight years. And I just want to read, He's he mentions that they're communism. So I just want to read them to everybody to, mm. so they know what the sustainability development goals are from the UN. So And they're very short. So here they are. All right, One, comrade. No, no poverty. There, there's a lot of red on this page, I will admit. One, no poverty. <laughs> Two, zero hunger. Three, good health and well-being. Four, quality education. Five, gender equality. Six, clean water and sanitation. Uh, goal seven is affordable and clean energy. Eight is decent work and economic growth. Nine is industry innovation of infrastructure. That means nothing. 10, reduced inequalities. 11, sustainable communities and cities. 12, responsible consumption and production. 13, a climate action. 14, life below water. 15, life on land. 16, peace, justice, and strong institutions. And 17, partnerships for the goals. Now, the other important thing to mention is that this is done by the UN, so it has literally nothing to do with anything. Everyone ignores the UN the entire time of its existence. Nobody does anything based on what they suggest. So it's literally a waste of time. Yet for some reason, this really irked his, I mean, and I saw this get retweeted thousands of times to his followers who he sort of, pose this as like, this is the next step towards socialism. Yeah. 
And it's it's obviously it's it's ludicrous, you know, the idea of like we need to stand up to the the tyranny of clean water and sanitation. <laughs> you know, this is a, a ludicrous thing to pretend to be uh, upset about. Yeah. But ironically, this this is virtue signaling. This is what what James Lindsay mm-hmm. is doing there is virtue signaling because there's no way he actually disagrees with some of the things on here. Sure. And there's no way he genuinely has just come across those things because, as you say, they've been out for a long time for a guy who considers himself to be so kind of steeped in uh, the 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 expert in what Marxism looks like. Um, there's no way he's only just come across these and, and linked it to Marxism. There's no way at all. But he wants to signal to his new audience, uh, you know, the audience he's had for the last four or five years or whatever it is, um, that he disagrees with all of the bad guys that they do. And it's because his audience is made up of Christian nationalists because that's where his that's, money yeah, is. That's, that's where, where the he gets paid. Butter. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it, it is true that the, the idea... So they're all going to move on to climate stuff next. And they yeah, have done for a it. while. 50 Minute City is obviously the start of that. But I think we wrote in uh, in The Skeptic, I think maybe a year, maybe a year and a half ago, that all of the the, the conspiracy theorists around COVID were moving on to mm-hmm. climate change yeah. as the next sure. thing. Because COVID was always going to be uh, a limited time yeah. thing. Right? You know, it's... It, yeah. it might have lasted six months. It might last six years. It's not going to last 60 years. It's not going to last 600 years. Whereas climate change is going to be with us for a long time. And so you've got the big bad guy yeah. that you can be pointing at forever. There's no yeah. way that you, we're going to have solved climate change and you can move on. So it's it's a, a sustainable grift, ironically <laughs> enough. It's, it's, That's great. Sustainability it's is, a green grift. It. What a yeah. great, yeah. That's a green grift. Yeah. yeah the 15-minute sure. grift. For sure. Marsh, uh, if people were going to find your shows on the internet, where would they look? Uh, so the place to look is merseysideskeptics.org.uk where you can find Skeptics with a K and you can find Be Reasonable, which Skeptical. I took a, like a year off. Sure. Um, <laughs> but it's it's back now. I I, I interviewed some virus deniers oh. uh, for, the, for the previous episode. I've got some interesting interviews uh, lined up. I've got hopefully some really big interviews coming up that I can't talk about, but I'm excited to the point of being almost nervous oh, about how big oh, wow. they are. So hopefully so those David will Ike. come in. David Icke. Uh, it's David not Icke. David Icke. Oh. It's not David Icke. I, I won't, I won't c- count... Uh, you don't yeah, I dare! <laughs> it's, there's some, some good stuff uh, coming. Um, and if you're interested in in this article uh, and other articles, you can go to skeptic.org.uk and see all the stuff that we're publishing there. And if you go there, you'll see this little button saying, write for us. We're really interested in new voices and people who've got stuff to say. So if you think you can, you've got a, an interesting story to tell or an interesting analysis and something, um, then by all means, anybody go there, including you guys. You, you guys, you know, you, you, you've got a, a good take on the world. We'd be really interested to hear your thoughts. So uh, yeah, go to, go to skeptic.org.uk for sure. We're too lazy. You can laugh, can- I mean. Can I get a column like this really grinds my gears and just have like a regular column? I just pick the right topics and yeah. I'm all ears. I'm all ears. Marsh, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. We do, man. You're oh, great. Thanks a lot, guys. It's been a blast. It's always great. Always great. One. Hey guys, Tom here. I uh, just want to let you guys know that uh, Haley and I, my wife Haley and I, uh, guested on a really great show the other day called Benzo Tired. It's called B-E-N-Z-O-T-I-R-E-D. We were episode number 30. Um, and I'm letting you guys know because it's a real personal episode. I know a lot of people we've mentioned on the show before some of the health struggles that my wife has had. Um, this show kind of addresses a lot of that. And it's also just a real important topic uh, for us personally. So um, would love it if you guys would head over and give that episode a listen uh, would mean a lot to both of Haley and myself. I also think it's just real good information for everybody to have. Again, that podcast, guys, it's Benzo Tired, B E N 
Z-O-T-I-R-E-D. And that's episode number 30, Haley and Tom, A Partner's Perspective. So um, do me a favor, please head over and give that a listen. You can find it on Spotify and Google Play. I think that's uh, it's a relatively new show. So I think that's the only places that the guy has it out there. Also, just a great show and a great host and a really great interview. So thanks a lot, guys. So I want to thank Michael Marshall from the Merseyside Skeptics and Skeptics with a K and Be Reasonably Skeptical. Thank you, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, great conversation as always. And we'll leave links in the show notes to uh, so you can find him places. Uh, this upcoming week is our long form uh, article. Uh, Tom read the long form to $2 patrons and uh, and you will get, everybody is gonna be able to hear the discussion that we have over this long form article. You're interested in getting either of those things as a patron, you can always go to patreon.com slash dissonancepod or dissonancepod.com, become a patron on a per episode basis. We love our patrons. Thank you so much. Um, we're gonna catch you guys next time, but we're gonna leave you like you always do with the Skeptics Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information, and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.